What's going on guys? Josh here from the Rising Action Podcast. In this episode, Grayson and I dive deep into a movie that we both thoroughly enjoyed. Um, it's a movie that's a little bit more difficult to watch, but as we were talking about some things that we were interested in, this movie has come up quite frequently. So sit back, uh, relax, and get ready to do a deep dive into the movie Wind River. Rising action. Rising action. Good to go. I believe so. I just want my phone call. What do we actually know? Rising Action Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to the Rising Action Podcast. Josh and I are back again this week with a different type of episode. I don't think we've done this sort of episode before. We are reviewing and analyzing in somewhat of a deep dive. And we're probably going to do this in the future with other movies, but we figured, why don't we try something new? Try something different, because now's as good a time as any. And that is the movie Wind River, a movie that both of I, both of I, both of Both us, of you? Both of me. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. We're very similar. Uh, that we both really enjoy, so we're going to kind of get into that. Uh, it probably won't be a super long episode, but who knows? You'll probably be listening like, yo, why'd you talk for four hours? I was like, sorry. I just have a lot to say. Um... First and foremost, you can follow me at straightster 8 on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And Josh, where, they can, where can they follow you? You can follow me at joshjohnson98 with two N's on Instagram and josh underscore j98 on Twitter and Letterboxd. And the most important one is you can follow Rising Action, the podcast that, that we're, you're listening to on Instagram at risingaction mm. underscore. And yeah, it's a great place. We post stuff. There's some exclusive content on there that we do with like little videos, which we haven't done in a while, but we probably will spontaneously because we're spontaneous people. We're very spontaneous. I mean, oh, yeah. the, the intro, Grayson tried a little accent there for a second. Don't think I didn't notice that. That was cute. I put on an accent? Just a little bit. There was like a word there where it was like, ooh, Grayson's trying an accent. I like it. I legit, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I try out different voices all the time. That it just I'll I'll be talking in a British accent and I don't even notice. You're like, an actor. It's weird. You're an know, actor. Man. Not even actor, an actor. Maybe I'm just a dweeb. <laughs> <laughs> um so Josh, give me the rundown on what kind of made you decide to do this sort of episode topic other than we didn't know what else to talk about. <laughs> Well, <laughs> the cat's out of the bag. We didn't know what else to talk about. Well, okay, let's be honest. Uh, Wind River is a movie that we've both talked at length about um, outside of any kind of mics being present. Um, I remember when the movie came out, we would we were literally distracting our professor talking about it in class because it was like, oh, that movie is great. You need to watch mm-hmm. it. Um, There's a couple movies like that that... I think are very near and dear to our very specific hearts. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, when we were, it was one of those. Um, I, I think it just kind of hit like a Mack truck for a lot of people and for mm-hmm. us as well. And it was very memorable. I think a lot of people wouldn't necessarily watch it multiple times. Um, cause it is pretty hard hitting and it's kind of tough to watch at points. There's one scene oh, yeah. two probably two scenes particularly that just are so difficult to watch. Cause you know, I mean, you know, it's, it's about to get bad. No, it's definitely not for the faint of heart. 
Um, but it, it's very memorable. It's very well done. Um, and I don't know. Like, there's some movies that just aren't necessarily quantify or qualifiable why it is that we like them. And, and a lot of times it is personal taste. It's how the person watching the movie reacts to the movie, how they're feeling in that moment, what's going on in their life that contributes to them having a positive sensation toward that film that they're watching. And it just so happened that Wind River for both of us. Wind River. I, like I can't say too. I can't say it. Um, it just happened that it, it created that positive reaction for both of us. And we're going to talk about why that is. Yeah. So I'll give a little bit of an overview of how I discovered this movie. I'll set the stage for you. I'm a freshman in college. It is August 2017, the very first month of college. I have moved in for about a couple of weeks, and I'm hitting up the the very small gym at my, at the time, university. There's a little TV in the corner, and I'm pumping some iron, and I see Jeremy Renner, Elizabeth Olsen, in this really cool movie that I've never heard about. Oh, it comes out like right next to my birthday on my on my 18th birthday. Hmm, maybe I'll go see that instead of seeing Spider-Man Homecoming for a second time uh, or a third time. <laughs> yeah, I saw it twice in theaters, I think. Um, anyway, I was like, that seems like an interesting movie because it seemed kind of... It, what well, had definitely seemed like there was action in it because it was Jeremy Renner with like a repeater rifle and Elizabeth Olsen with her mm-hmm. handgun. And I was like, this is a... This is a cool aesthetic. It's very snowy and, you know, set in this kind of darker themed tone. There's a game that I remember um, I played a little bit, and so did my friend who went to go see this movie with me because I thought he would enjoy it as well. It was called The Long Dark, and the reason was it's because it was set in, like, the winter time, and it was a kind of a survival game, and mm-hmm. the, like... You know, because of where it was set, the night times always seemed a lot longer, and because of that oppressive snow, right? Yep. And that was one thing that I noticed immediately about this movie. Before I get into that, so I decide, hey, it's my 18th birthday. We kind of have a day where I bring two of my best friends out there uh, to see the movies because it was playing in Greenville, um, which is where oh, we wow. saw so the lighthouse. Oh wow! So you watched it in theater? Mm-hmm. I did. I did. Very That's luckily, awesome. it was very a, a very spur of the moment thing that I'm like, I want to go see this movie. This movie looks cool. All of my friends and my dad were like, this movie sounds weird. Like, why are you taking us to go see this movie? And I'm like, I don't know, man. It looks cool. We'll see if it's good or not. We walked out of that theater and they were like, dude, that was such a good movie. I'm glad you Mm -hmm. chose that. My dad immediately, as soon as it came out digitally, bought that movie. Like, he loved it that much. Yeah. Um, I think for him specifically, why he loved that movie so much is because of how realistic grounded and gritty it was the one yeah. scene and i believe we are going to dive into spoilers so if you have not already seen wind river i believe it is on netflix or on some other streaming service it was on netflix for a good while so i could be incorrect on that statement either way find a way to watch rent we're gonna do that we're gonna keep on doing that <laughs> it's tough to say man wind river it's a great movie definitely an underrated gym um, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody. So if you haven't seen it, click off now. I'm jumping into spoilers. So when it gets to that scene where the, uh, I believe she is part of the FBI, um, and she comes yeah, to investigate so, this murder. Yes. Yeah, we need um, a, let's give a, a little bit more background just so everybody understands right, yeah, what's happening. Set the stage. Yeah, so <clears throat> essentially the early premise of this film is 
that uh, a girl is found dead by Jeremy Renner's character, and he's essentially he's a he's a tracker. So yeah. he finds her body, and then that um, kind of cues a domino effect of it brings in the FBI. Um, and the, by the way, I think a key t- detail for this—it's a big theme of this—is the girl is is a, a indigenous Native American descent. Yeah, yeah. that is. A he big finds her. Uh, oh God, it, it's hard. But she fi- he finds her frozen body where her feet have like become so numb because she doesn't have any shoes and she has been raped mm-hmm. and is is bloody and frozen over and it's just it's really difficult it's to it's it, it's rough so <clears throat> her body is found in the middle of the wilderness by jeremy renner um and elizabeth olsen's character is she the local copper she's fbi right so yeah she's fbi and she is he works the for FBI the state sends. as like a tracker Correct. to take care of like wildlife and yes. you know like kind of scoping out the um wind river um, reservation preservation right so yeah so um, Elizabeth Olsen's character and Jeremy Renner's character immediately start working in tandem to solve the case and since Jeremy Renner's a tracker his skills I mean he is a, he is an all-american badass in this movie he is kind of like the uh, solution to just about every problem that the FBI will run into he's just super resourceful uh, very just quiet, brutal, gets the job done kind of guy. Very efficient, and, and also because he's not part of the law, his his morality is not necessarily bound by it. Correct. Yeah, and so <clears throat> the the plot of the movie is um, the two of them working in tandem to find this girl's killer, solve the mystery, and and that is essentially the plot of Wind River. So. Now we're going to actually hop into some spoilers. Um, like Grayson said, if you had not seen this movie, it's definitely not for the faint of heart, but it is a quality movie. Thus, we are talking about it. Um, so, yeah, let's let's dive into, you know, what makes this movie equal parts brutal but mesmerizing. Um, yeah, so the scene that stuck out to well, – it definitely stuck out to me, and there were scenes later that did as well, but um, – to my my dad who you know he's someone who he can either be extremely critical of a movie and especially when it comes to action movies hmm. he needs there to be realism in it otherwise it will completely take him out of it there needs to be ammo counting and realistic range and the intensity you know he like he loves his good but he also loves his you know his bad boy movies and stuff that right. you know they take they don't really make a whole lot of sense but he'll still love them but he really appreciates it when they're um, taking elements from real life and really embracing them and letting you know, like, hey, this this could be real or this is real. Um, so there's a scene where they are tracking down some drug dealers um, that are possibly tied to uh, this murder, and I believe it is the brother of the girl who is who is killed. Um, this fam, her family, um, has kind of been in disarray. Um, because one of the big themes of this movie is that uh, with the whole Native American um, side of things in terms of... Let me rephrase this real quick. Native Americans in America, there is a very small percentage of them left, 
and they experience the most amount of depression and um, and suicide rates in within any other minority in America mm-hmm. because they are so they were so persecuted and have such a troubled history. So this family is, you know, kind of deals with the withdrawals of that. And, you know, Jeremy Renner's wife is Native American. His son is, uh, is mixed. He's divorced from his wife. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of commentary on the, what happens to Native American people in this movie, which is a big mm-hmm. win for me because, Listen, I'm one of the whitest guys you will ever meet, but I am a huge, huge, huge defender and supporter of Native American culture. That I don't know why. I don't know why it resonates with me so much, but like Native American people, Indigenous people, Amerindian people have a have a strong um, spot in my heart, and and I really. Uh, my heart aches for them, and I, and I feel for them a lot. So that movie re- this resonates with me a lot. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to this scene. They're going to hunt down these drug dealers. The son has kind of, you know, they're these pothead, druggy dudes. They go in there, and they think the cops are busting in for a drug deal, but they're just trying right. to figure out the questions, uh, like, to what happened to this girl, uh, his sister. So they pull out guns, and they just... They blast Elizabeth Olsen's character with a shot or with a, a shotgun or with a, like a, a rifle or something, and she goes flying she's off she, the front step. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, she's and, shot off the front step through. Yeah, open, and you're I like think they shoot through the door, and she just gets blasted off the front mm-hmm. step, and it's just but like because, holy but, crap. Yeah, but she has a bulletproof vest, like a really heavy duty one, and so she's like she is winded, um, but she gets back up and she goes in there, and. I believe she gets at some point she gets like pepper sprayed mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, she does. And there is a part she goes down the hallway and the guy pops out and she uh, she she shoots unloads and she goes bam 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 like unloads the mag. And I remember she's like sitting there just like crying because of mm-hmm. how intense cuz she's never really experienced this intensive combat. It's very similar to in Silence of the Lambs when Jodie Foster's character is like, you know, she's like yeah. this really um highly trained agent and (laughs) when she goes into that prison and and like you know all of those prisoners are like you know doing those terrible things and she sees what happens like it really takes a toll on her like oh my gosh this is real right like no training could have prepared me for how real this is yep and my dad was like he walked to the theater he's like that was one of my favorite scenes because you know in the moment like you know you can train for that but when you're when you're getting shot at, you are emptying every bullet into a person because of the, the adrenaline, the fear, yeah. and you know the fight or flight mentality. And so you're doing everything you can to survive. And I really appreciated that. And you see those all the way throughout the movie because there is a big set piece towards the end, which, by the way, an awesome action set piece. That like it's one of my like it gives me the biggest grin on my face. Like I yeah. I love it, but. Um, but yeah, that's one thing that really stands out to me. This movie is just like they they take in human elements. Like Elizabeth Olsen isn't this off the gate, just you know, this off the gate badass, right? Like yep. she takes it and she's like, "Oh, okay, I need a breather here." And then she definitely learns from that because later on she holds herself even even better. Um, yep. And I really, I really love her character. I think she's a 
both of those, all the, there is not a single actor and actress in this film that doesn't do an amazing job. Like, yeah. Um, each I'm gonna each character gets a, a, a really well thought out arc. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times it's really easy to give a character like a, just a well-rounded character. Mm-hmm. Um, and each of these characters has their weaknesses and it's pronounced, which is really interesting. Like Jeremy Renner, Jeremy Renner's character for all of the badassery that he is, you know, he still has a home life that's very split. Mm-hmm. And you see the repercussions of that through some some scenes where at the beginning of the movie you're really exploring who he is. Um, so you know, and then you can also tell at the very last scene of the film, he's a pretty broken guy for all that he is and all of his talents. He has mm-hmm. a lot of inside issues. Because uh, if I'm not mistaken, right, his his daughter was killed. Um, yeah, because he had a he had an older daughter, and that's kind of what caused him to to split with his wife. Yep. So. He's a, you know, he's a, he's another white guy, but because he's so integrated with this Native American uh, culture, because of you know his ex-wife and her parents and his daughter and his son, and that all these, you know, all these Native American families, they know one another because it's all they have left of each other. So when this, mm-hmm. when he finds this girl's body, he almost makes it like a personal mission to figure out what happened to these people. Yep. Um, yeah, he takes it personal. And um, and I think it's a really great arc of his because he this, this girl was friends with his daughter um yeah she they knew each other i believe in school and so he's yeah. like i'm gonna find the bastards who did this um yeah. because he knows it's not an animal that killed her you know she ran and she, oh man one of the most like oh god there's a there's a there's, they're describing a part where she's running through the snow and she she ran so much farther than what the human body would would have allowed mm-hmm. like she ran until literally she was crawling and her like her like the blood vessels like had pretty much exploded and frozen over in her feet and it's just like ooh, i'm getting like i'm getting tensed up like and there's a part about it there's a part where the coroner i think if i remember right is telling the renner and and olsen's characters you know like this shouldn't be possible. Like the human body at a certain point just shuts down when it's this mm-hmm. cold and when they're exposed to this amount of elements. And she's like not hardly wearing anything. She's like in underwear and a t-shirt and yeah, it was like a jacket like and like the thinnest pants possible. Right. Like she's not wearing hardly anything. And you know, he's like, I mean, she should have made like a mile best and she might've made like two and a half or three or something, you know, and he like, was like, he says something like she was a fighter. That's, yeah. that's what he said. And I'm like, Ooh, gut punch. Like, it's right. really good. <laughs> but talk about gut punches. The scene in this movie that absolutely floored me just because it was so real, so raw, and just, you just cannot help but just be slack jawed watching it. it. I felt like I was in that scene. Yeah. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Is it, it, I, be, I believe it's the scene with it's the scene John where we. It's the scene where we are shown what happens mm-hmm. before she dies. And before you get into it, the yeah. transition is flawless, right? Yeah, it's seamless. They so it goes into this nonlinear editing where for the entire movie you're trying to figure out what this is, and then at one point this there's a knock on the door. Like it cuts and there's a knock on the door. And the girl who is murdered is like opens the door and you're like like, well, you never really she's see her face, dead. but you're like, but you're kind of like, okay, she's wearing the same jacket and everything. You're like, okay, yeah. 
this is this weird. This is the before. And then yeah. John Bernthal, and you're like, comes up, you're like, wait, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And you see what happens in this where basically John Bernthal's character has, like, he has this thing with the girl who's murdered. Mm-hmm. And she comes out and visits him. And yep. so while his all of his coworkers and, and buddies who are complete asshats uh, <laughs> are gone, they they hook up and then they burst in and they're like, you know, they, they're they super drunk. Um, they're the, the biggest. They're like these redneck bully bastards. Yeah. And they start antagonizing him. And he's like, you know, first of all, like he's being, they're both being very civil. They're like, all right, come on, guys. He's like, you know, uh, like stop. And then eventually like John Bernthal gets pissed, justifiably so, and starts fighting mm-hmm. the guys. Well, then literally all of the coworkers like start be- beating him to death, like yeah. pummeling this guy. And they're, so they're at like, I believe they're in like a, like an oil company or something out in the middle, like this, this private company. They're in a double wide trailer in yes. on like the property of an oil company. And mm-hmm. his buddies come in absolutely pissed drunk and they start hitting on the girl because uh, Bernthal and this girl that died have obviously been getting it on. And so, yeah. They see them in the back room, and they're like, "Oh!" What? They start hitting on her, and he's they're like, like, "Oh, what's quit. up, pretty little girl?" They're like, "You're gonna share yeah. some with us? Like, what's under the it what's under the off, the blankets?" It off, you know, like, you know, not harmless, uh, offensive, but like not, you know, terrible mm. yet. And then it escalates, and eventually, John Bernthal's had enough, and he's like, "Quit!" And then they start fighting, and then these dudes who are drunk get super inflamed, and they just—I mean—they are absolutely trying to kill. Bernthal's yeah, character. They, they they yank him away as he's defending her yeah. and start beating him and then as and then they start raping her. They drag yeah. her and they start raping her and they sh- like they they sh- show it in like a very t- like tense and yeah. just like it's a hard to watch scene where you're just like and it makes I don't know if it like it, if it makes me more it makes me as sad as it just makes me my blood boil yeah. because I know like it makes my blood boil because first of all, just like that, how real this scene is like that, mm-hmm. like this happens. But secondly, like the, how I know people that are like this and I'm like yeah. deep down, I know they would do this, you know? And it makes yeah. me, and I'm like, and it also makes me sad because I'm like, John Bernthal, why can't you just go punish her on these guys and just kill them? Right. All? Like, but you see, know. there's a moment when he is fighting them. He's all bloodied up and he is, I mean, he kicks some ass in this yeah. scene. And she but fights off pretty well too. Like she does. She has that desperation adrenaline mm-hmm. kick in. But there's a moment when he locks eyes with her and he's got four dudes on top of him and he like screams at her to run. Run. And it's like the punisher um desperation that he the, channels. Run! Like the the growl. Yeah, like it's the- a full blown, like guttural scream that just channels all like the rage of Punisher and the mm-hmm. desperation of a guy who's about to die and he sees his girlfriend getting attacked and raped and mm-hmm. he's like run and then she takes off gets out the trailer but then eventually succumbs to the elements out in the snow yeah um it's absolutely gut-wrenching and i mean it is it's one of those scenes that you will never forget i put it up there with like the bear attack scene in the revenant that's just so unbelievably brutal in the moment that the first time you watch it you're like you just can't help but cuss, you know? Like, mm-hmm. sometimes you just watch something, and, and part of my French, but you just sit there and you're like, holy fuck. Like, you just yeah. don't know what to do other than that. Because yeah. the, the emotion that it creates in you just 
boils over in this uncontrollable reaction. And you just yep. can't help but just go against all your inhibitions and and just release all of this tension that's built up in your gut. Mm-hmm. It does that. And yep. just uh, perhaps just for that scene alone, it hits really hard. But there's also some of the best character work I think you'll see in a smaller film. Right. And the themes of um, indigenous peoples and, and their struggles. There's just so much layering. Right. With, it's it's more than just scenes that really smack you. It's characters <clears throat> that you really get in with. Mm-hmm. And, and when you're given a scene that explains, because this whole time, you know, we're trying to figure out, and we care about this girl. Like, we get the scene that she's a fighter and she's made it much further in the snow than she ever should have. We get that before we see her die. And, and so we already have this built up, like, you know, this girl, despite the way her life ended, like she was an admirable human being. She was, um, kind of like how you would speak about a real person. Should they die? If you know somebody that has died or, or if you know, friends, you know, friend of a friend kind of thing, the universal thing that is said about this person, if they die tragically too soon, it's, you know, they were a great person. They lit up a room. They, they made everybody's lives around them better. And it's simply a tragedy, right? It's not right. Like, it's very much a tragedy. And you get that with this girl. And it's like all the stuff that just layers on layers on layers that builds up surrounding it creates mm-hmm. such a compelling story. And, and I think I've seen a lot of people say it's not a movie you can see a ton of times. Um, it's difficult to watch in parts, but it's so impactful and so powerful that you can't help but after watching it just appreciating what you've seen mm-hmm. yeah um yeah i mean i wanted to say like before you see that that intense scene you're kind of i believe it's right beforehand that jeremy renner discovers john berntel's body and at the time you don't yeah. know he was he's even in that movie you're like who no, this, there's a second body yeah. And like it's like this, it's they put him up in like the mountains, like and they he's drug him absolutely out shredded. Like oh, his just body covered in blood. Like you don't even realize it's a body. Like it's more yeah. like it's just kind of like this thing that you're like, this was a human at one point, and yeah. it's been here for a couple of days. Then they show that like how it happens, and then you're like, okay, the FBI and the police they go to this oil thing, and they're like, the guys are very civil, but as the audience, we know what's happening, and yeah. we're, we're we are kind of like we we are we're expecting the we're like Jeremy Renner's character. Yeah. yeah, and so we're like, it's almost like, you know, if he's not there with them, but they go up there, and then things get really heated really fast until it gets into this kind of, this... There's a shootout. The, yeah, this Mexican standoff where everybody's pointing guns at one another, and it's this, like, brutal shootout. There's guys in the, they're, like, knocking on the door, and um, and so they're, like, in the trailers, um, and... It looks like that, like Elizabeth Olsen's character. Like I think a couple of cops died. She's like one of the last ones left. She looks like she's about to get got. And yeah. then Jeremy Renner, you see him with his rifle way off, start picking people off. Yeah, um, full cowboy style, just like because yeah. he has this thirty thirty repeater, um, and those things pack a punch. They're used for hunting animals, and he is up there with like with the scope, and he is just picking these guys off. Um, one by one until the very last one is like, you know, bloody and, and bruised and battered. He goes and saves Elizabeth Olsen's character and then he goes and tracks the, tracks the guy, guy who, that he shot. 
that yeah that he, he like shoots him in the leg or something mm-hmm. he makes it to where it's like he knows this last guy um he's i mean this last guy is screwed and and renner goes up tracks him up a mountain this is the one that raped the girl that he was yeah. pretty much the the catalyst for all of this event to happen yep and eventually or not eventually um uh renner's character basically takes out all of his anger for his daughter's death because she died I believe in similar circumstances. Um, he takes out all of his anger for his daughter's death on this last remaining rapist of this dead girl that they found in the snow. He takes out all of his anger of his own daughter on this guy. And it's like a righteous anger and you totally understand it. And he kills him on top of a mountain. And, um, it just kind of like the dueling moralities between, uh, Renner and and um, Olsen's characters, where Olsen wants to bring all these guys in for the you know in the just manner. You know she's she's there um, trying to bring these men to justice, and Renner's like, I don't want justice. I'm I'm too full of hate, and it's it's a very powerful moment at the end of the film. Um, it kind of ties up all of our loose ends in a really beautiful way. And it's a great character moment, especially for Renner, because you kind of get to see him get some closure. And that's always really powerful when you see a character that you've been following get their closure for something that has really tormented them and changed their life in a dramatic way. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> for him to kind of take out his righteous anger on this guy that is just an absolute trash can, you know, human being. Oh, he's a, he is like... This bully, this coward, this guy that you just like he's so unlikable, um and and you don't want you know you don't want you just want bad things to happen to this guy and the way he yeah. does is he basically he tracks him up there and he's like I want you like I want you to run. Yep. And so he does and like that's what I was saying. He's not on the similar side of morality where they don't just arrest him, you know. Yeah. He makes the guy run until he then, dies, just yeah. like the girl did, um, yep. and this is kind of a he because yeah you were you were right his daughter died in a kind of similar fashion her he found they found her body, um, and so he uses like the the girl's death as kind of a justification for you know he like he's gonna figure out what happens and so it's not just for like mm-hmm. this the you know the family what she re- he's really um, empathizes with because he's been through a similar scenario. Um, but it's also a little bit for himself and he makes the guy run until he dies. And you're like, good. Like, because the guy, the guy deserves it. Um, yeah, it's a very, it's a bittersweet ending, but it's a very satisfying ending where you're like, you know, nothing really bad happens, but you still feel the repercussions of how it's affected this family. And you realize you know just how how terrible lives you know that just how bad native american people have it um mm-hmm. they're just there's there's so little of them left and i did a, a report um this past semester on their language and how their languages are dying and how their entire culture is dying and it really really needs to be preserved and this movie was a big proponent of that for me mm-hmm. and um i think one of the most one of the best scenes is I'm going to read it from the, the way uh, Wikipedia describes it. Cause it's a, uh, it's a really, really um, 
a good like a, a good encapsulation of the ending that just it really hits with me um, when Lambert, who is Corey Lambert, is um, is Renner's character, visits Banner in the hospital. He praises her toughness. Banner being the girl who was murdered. He later visits Martin, who is um, um, who? Oh no, Natalie is the girl. Banner is the is the autopsy guy. So. When Lambert visits Banner in the hospital, he praises her toughness. He later visits Martin, Natalie's bereaved father, and finds he is sitting out in his house wearing his death death face paint and holding a handgun. Corey tells Martin that the the case is closed and that the man responsible for Natalie's death went out, quote, with a whimper, unquote. They share grief over their daughter's deaths. A title card follows the scene stating that missing person statistics are kept for every demographic group except for Native American women whose numbers remain unknown. Hmm. And you're just like, you just feel this kind of aching in your heart, right? Um, And and I think there's certain movies that do this where they they kind of put maybe some propaganda or kind of a PSA thing at the end. I think we talked about it with uh, Black Klansman, but it's Mm -hmm. a lot more in your face where this is a lot more subtle, right? You're not, you're not, it doesn't make you mad. It makes you just, it just makes you sad. It makes you a little bit angry as well, but you're just like the fact that this is a common occurrence, right? Like this is a, and I believe this story was, you know, based a little bit on loose, uh, true events. Um, this mm-hmm. has happened, you know, this is stuff like this has happened before. And that's what, um, the director, um, was trying to kind of show, I believe the director, we have not mentioned him, uh, yet his, the director is Taylor Sheridan. Mm-hmm. Um, who I want to touch on, on what you said there for a second, because I think it's something that is very difficult to do in movies. And yet mm-hmm. I am very hypercritical about it. Um, I am a, if, if you listen to the podcast and kind of hear my opinions on things over and over and over again, you'll catch a pattern that I'm not a huge fan of politicizing art. Um, by that, I mean, I don't necessarily like political opinions from either flavor, either side of the aisle being put into movies. I would much rather let the art be art and let politics be politics. I would much rather separate them. Now, that being said, I think that there are times that are somewhat exceptions to the rule because the reason I feel that way is I've seen far too many movies that just take it too far. Mm-hmm. And therefore, my response is I would rather it not be there at all. Namely, and you'll notice that I say this a lot, is Spike Lee films to me are far too political. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that they're left-leaning, but... It's just, it's so overt that if it were right, I wouldn't like it either. Like, I would just let the movie do the talking. Don't give me very obvious dialogue that's propaganda, which you'll notice in more recent films. Um, Don't give me propaganda. Give me a film and let me feel about it the way I'm going to feel about it. You know, let me put your message in the story and let the story personally affect me rather than you having to tell me how to think. Yeah. Wind River goes the polar opposite approach where it says, we're going to put our message, the thing that we want you to take from this movie, we're going to put it in the story and we're going to make it something you cannot ignore. You're going to come out of this movie thinking what we want you to think because the story is so blatantly obvious. Yeah. Like there is no spin that needs to be put on this other than we're going to present a situation that we find in real life. And we're going to make it something that impacts you because it's going to be extremely brutal and real. And there's no human with a shred of their humanity that's going to see these events and go out of it not feeling anything. 
And that is great storytelling. Yep. Because there's no need to put the politics in there. They do put a, a thing about statistics, mm-hmm. but it does not ever occur to me that that is a politicizing or, or politicizing the story that I've just seen. It feels I like a it factual basis of like they saw that. They saw yeah. that statistic and they were like, we need to tell a story about this. Not that yeah. like we told this story and let's tack on this statistic. You know, it yeah. felt very deliberate that like, you know, um, Taylor Sheridan and, and the writers, they wanted to um, kind of, you know, that Taylor Sheridan does a lot of these um modern western style things he's been involved with sons of anarchy sicario mm-hmm. hell or high water yellowstone um those are and so he kind of has a trend but like you know with those i mean native americans have always been this thing in westerns right whether mm-hmm. they're new or old um and that's what kind of helps identify them as a western yeah. and i'm sure he feels the same way that i do that you know it's very near and dear to his heart there's a big reason i love westerns and i just i love native american culture and so Mm-hmm. This movie really hit me and it, it did it in the best way possible that like every time I see that ending card, I'm like, oh man, like it's just, it's frankly unacceptable what happened to um, yeah. that entire culture and what continues to happen to them today. Um, yeah. They're just a very under underrepresented and under... Um, I I would say I don't want to say underrated, but just they're not you know they're not appreciated enough. They're not like we yeah. we don't really give them a whole lot of time of day, and I think this movie does a, a does a fantastic job through its storytelling to let you realize that. Um, yeah. And yeah, this this movie I think if if you love film or you just you love um, West, I, on, there's so many things that you could love that you will there's if you a watch lot this of movie. Things here, yeah. I think this movie. It may not be for everyone, but it, I feel like everyone should watch it. Everybody should have a general appreciation of what is happening mm-hmm. in this film. Um, I think a lot of people, I, it, it really feels like a film that, you know, if you're a human being and, you know, you can stand to watch it at least once, do it. You it's know, one of those things that I don't think you can be like, I'm going to watch that immediately over, you know, it's, it's yeah. one of those things that, like I've seen it maybe twice. Um, and yeah. I'll probably will watch it a couple more times in the future, but it's like, I watched it once in 2017 and I watched it another time last year, mm-hmm. um, almost a year ago. In fact, um, yeah, you know, it, cause it's just, it really hits you. Um, kind of on a side note, I really want to talk about the cinematography and the score that really mm, elevate okay. this movie. The yeah. score, I'm going to look up who, who did the score, but my God, this the score is wonderful. Um, so, yeah, okay. So the music was done by Nick Cave and Warren Ellis, and the cinematography was done by Ben Richardson. Um, okay. not, not super well-known people, but Mm-mm. these... Both of these aspects really help with the overall aesthetic and the theme that they're going for for this movie, where the winter and... Um, it's very cold it, in It's cold, and in it's dark, it's oppressive. Mm-hmm. It just makes you feel... Like, you just feel the gloom. Yeah. Um, and it's... Also, like, you feel the vastness of the wilderness. Like, 
Oh it's very gosh. beautiful and it's very awe-inspiring, but it's also very bleak. terrifying yeah. <laughs> as well. It's, um, yeah, it it shows like that the you know these these people live out here, and it the reason like it depression gets to them so much easier. Not only because their people have been so persecuted and oppressed for so long, it's a tough but also place to live too. Yeah, yeah, they live in this base, this vast nothingness. There's not a whole lot of people there. There is miles and miles of just snow, trees, mountains, and animals, and nothing yeah. else. If you go out yeah. there, you will die. And um, and it's just like you really you feel it kind of like you just kind of it chills your bones a little bit. Like you, even mm-hmm. like I watched this in the heat of summer, and I remember I felt cold watching this movie. I feel mm-hmm. cold like thinking about it now. Um, there was an, one last aspect I wanted to talk about. Um, oh, yes. Okay. So there's another scene regarding um, the family, Natalie's family. Um, so when he goes to tell them about what happens, uh, or like he goes to check in on their family because he knows them, that, you know, his daughter knew them, um, he finds the mom, and like, I think, or. Elizabeth Olsen's character goes upstairs to check, and he's like, "You probably don't want to go check on her." And he's like, "Why?" She's like, "Why not?" And she she goes upstairs, and she's like crying, cutting herself, and you're like, "Ooh, this is another scene that's really hard to watch." Yeah, because it's you know they, you know, so many suicide rates, um, so much depression, so much missing people. And you're just like, it's just scenes like that. Those little scenes, right. That you're like, this is so real. And it, it breaks my heart, you know? Um, yeah, nobody can see our faces right now, but for as much as we love this film and it, and it has a a great, uh, it has a special place for us mm -hmm. in, in movies we've seen. Both of us are very, down at the moment yeah talking about this because you know even myself like i'm just thinking about all all the stuff in here and i'm like like you're you're just broken a little bit for Mm -hmm. the struggle that these people go through because it's not just that these characters go through it's you know that they're representative of a larger culture and you're Mm -hmm. like "Mm," like it's it's tough to see human beings go through that and i know in the in the culture we're in the time we are in, um, there's a lot of that going around where you're seeing oppressed people's struggle. And um, I think that's something that everybody, when you're, when the, um, when you get a look behind the curtain, when you get to see the wizard of, or the Wizard of Oz, you know, <laughs> when, <laughs> when you're given the backstage view. Um, when it becomes personal, there's no way you can um, see it and not feel some type of way about it. Mm-hmm. It, and, it will strike you to your core. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, if you survive till this part, you know, thank you so much for listening to us ramble about it. But yeah. Um, if, if you listen to all this and you still haven't seen the movie, I'm sorry we did spoil it for you. Um, you were warned, but yeah, um, warned if you just listen to us, t- yeah, if you did, if you just listen to us talk about it, please watch it. Um, we, as much as we try to kind of illustrate what happens in the film, we cannot do it justice. Um, actually, 
watch the film. If you've seen it before and, and you know, this film is a couple of years old, so maybe you haven't seen it in a while, um, go watch it again um, and kind of look at it maybe with new eyes and, and have an appreciation for all the things that are happening in Wind River. There we go. I said it right this time. Um, yep. Not it's a, Wind River. <laughs> there you go. Um, it's a great film. Um, but I think that's – we'll, we'll end it a little bit early yeah. this week. Well, bef- before we cut it off, got. though, let's uh, let's take a quick break and then go into worlds we've been exploring before wrapping it up. Yeah, let's do that. Josh. So what kind of, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, what have so I been Grayson, exploring? Yeah. What okay. have you been doing? Because <laughs> I I have not really been exploring a whole lot. What you been up to? Um. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I finished uh, finally from a certain point of view. Loved it. I think I just talked about that last week. I've moved on to another book that my coworker let me borrow. It is The Stranger by Albert Camus. I don't. Have you heard of this book? Mm. Yeah, I think. Okay. Um, you probably have. It's regarded as a classic. It was written in the 1940s uh, by Albert Camus. I've definitely Camus, heard who, of Albert Camus. Yeah, so he he wrote a couple books. I want to say like five or six books. Um, they're all pretty short. This one is only about 125 pages. I am not done That's yet. Not I only have like 10 or 15 pages. I'll probably finish it tonight or tomorrow morning. Um, it is a fictional novel that has a lot of philosophical elements and Mm -hmm. and kind of gets deep into like a little bit more about the psyche of humanity especially with this main character and frank i'll say the overall thing that i've taken a lot so far is that like things don't matter as much as we we think they do um and that like you know there's a part where so it's about this guy and you know the the opening i'm you know i'm gonna pull out the the book and i'm gonna just say the opening sentence or sentences because it really um it it really will kind of give you set the stage for what this character is like mama died today or yesterday maybe i don't know i got a telegram from the home mother deceased funeral tomorrow faithfully yours that doesn't mean anything maybe it was yesterday freak yeah so that's good. Yeah, it, and it's the writing is very simple, which is makes it a very easy read. You don't have, you're not sitting there just rereading sentences, but there's a couple sentences that really, really hit well. Let me see if I can find. That's a sentence that's packed with a lot of meaning. Like I think of um, the Hemingway, uh, the sentence that everybody will recognize, but <clears throat> the backstory of it was, you know, nobody or somebody said to him like, nobody can tell a story in, you know, like five words or less or something, and. Hemingway writes, um, it's an ad, uh, and the ad says, uh, baby shoes never worn for sale. And it's something like that, like Mm -hmm. baby shoes never worn something. And, and just like the, the emotional, like impact that that gives you where you're like, oh, there is so much more there, you know, Mm -hmm. um, sentences like that really will get you. Here's another sentence that I really liked, and I won't I won't get a bunch more because I don't want to spoil anything. Um, this is in the last sentence of towards the end, actually, the last uh, fourth of it. Um, as if the, it's kind of a, the end of a sentence, but 
It says dot, 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 as if familiar paths traced in summer skies can lead as easily to prison as to the sleep of the innocent. So basically it's saying that like one path can lead you to virtually the same ends uh, in a way. Basically he's riding down the road, going to a place, and for a brief second he, he thinks of him going down that road in the exact same way but he's going to it like he was going to a different place, but it felt the same on the way there. It's very interesting. It really makes you think. Um, yeah. And you're just kind of like, one of the, he's talking about like sleeping and he's like, I remember at a time when I like slept really well and soundly and now I don't, but I still dream about the same stuff when I'm sleeping. My body doesn't know like where I'm at. Like it, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. And then when I wake up, I'm just in a different place. Um, yep. Just interesting tidbits like that. I'll try to give a more in-depth review uh, next week when I finish it. I'm trying to finish this before I get my copy of The Maltese Falcon, which is the first book that I'm Ooh. reading for my class, um, from my page-to-screen class, which will give me a lot of content to talk on here about. Let me tell you. That's I can't wait. I'll, maybe I'll do some, like, I have to do blog posts for that class, so what, maybe I'll make it a weekly thing where I read out a piece of my blog post about the specific piece that I'm reading. We're going to be doing books. So basically the the class, I believe I've I've discussed it a little bit, but with you at least, maybe not on the podcast, but we're reading a book or a short story or whatnot, um, even uh, a graphic novel. And then we are watching the live action version of that. So we're doing Maltese Falcon, Breakfast at Tiffany's, uh, 310 to Yuma, Princess Bride, V for Vendetta, Blade Runner. Oh, wow. um, I robot like all kinds of stuff. Um, I'm Dude. very excited. That's incredible. Yeah. Shout out to Dr. Schleifer. He's the best. <laughs> what a homie. Yeah. I wish you were there, man. I wish you were there, but you had to get old and graduate. So unfortunately, what you going to do? So no stories from you this week. Um, I started reading a book, um, but I am literally 15 pages in. I think I'm in like the second chapter. Mm-hmm. So, uh, not a whole lot to report. You've been pretty there. busy. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, yeah. Staying yeah. busy. Yeah. Um, hopefully next week. I don't know if I'll finish it in a week, but maybe in a couple weeks, I'll have something to report. Hopefully, I'll have watched more movies by next week. But yeah, not a whole lot to report off the home front. Yeah, I got a couple of Blu-rays, so there's one in particular I really, really want to watch, and maybe Ooh. we can do an episode discussing this said movie. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it open-ended. Yes. Yep. Well, I think that'll about wrap it up for this episode of Rising Action. Um, If you enjoyed this episode, you can find everything else uh, right below this one, actually. Uh, If you want to look on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, SoundCloud, wherever else you get your podcasts, you can find us there. Uh, Please leave us a review on all the places you can leave a review. Um, I know Apple Podcasts does that, and I think Overcast does as well. Uh, that would mean a lot to us. <clears throat> also, you can find us on Instagram at risingaction underscore. Uh, you can also find me personally on Instagram at joshjohnson98 and on Twitter and Letterboxd at josh underscore j98. Where can they find you, Grayson? You can find me at straights 8 on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Very good. Uh, you have anything to uh, send us out with? No, I'm going to leave the deafening silence of the cold wind just like in Wind River. Well, damn.